0: Well, hello again. So uh, today we're going to unpack this text a little bit, and as we do, I just want to have a reading from this book here. So one of my favorite book series, uh, even in adulthood, I didn't start reading this until I was an adult, is The Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, So here's one of their books, Prince Caspian. Um, If you're familiar with the series, it's about these four children who kind of stumble into this magical world known as Narnia, and they meet all these uh, different uh, magical creatures, of course. Now, the most important uh, creature that they meet is this lion who is named Aslan. And if you've read the book, you know that Aslan represents Jesus Christ. He's like, he, he speaks, all the animals speak, right? And so uh, Aslan is all wise. He uh, has authority over the land. He's this, this powerful being in the land of Narnia. He kind of has, has control over the land and speaks on behalf of the children. And so in one of the scenes in this book, Prince Caspian, this little girl named Lucy is traveling through the woods at night. And in the moonlight, she catches a glimpse of Aslan. The lion. And so I just want to read a section from this book from Prince Caspian. Lucy woke out of the deepest sleep that you can imagine with the feeling that the voice she liked the best in the world was calling her name. She thought it was her father's voice, but that didn't quite seem right. She knew she was wide awake, wider than anyone usually is, so she stepped out and then Oh joy, for there he was, the huge lion, shining white in the moonlight with his huge black shadow underneath him. She rushed to him. Aslan, Aslan, dear Aslan. Welcome, child, he said. Aslan, Lucy said, you're bigger. That is because you are older, little one. Not because you are? I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. So, over the past few weeks, we've been studying the doctrine of salvation. Our first uh, message in this series was on sin and grace, and then we moved into the doctrine of atonement, which is the idea that Jesus died in our place for our sin, making atonement for our sin, purchasing the forgiveness of our sin And then we moved into this uh, topic of conversion. This is the moment in which someone believes and places their full allegiance in Jesus Christ. Today we're going to talk about the next step in our salvation. And this is union with God. When we begin to walk with God and understand Him. If you were listening to uh, Melanie read the text just here a few minutes ago... You notice that there were four or five times where she used this phrase that God is in us and we are in God. It's kind of poetic, it's kind of abstract. Like, what in the world does that mean, right? God is in me and I'm in God? Uh, But God is in us and we are in God over and over throughout the whole letter of 1 John. In fact, if you read his other gospel, John, you'll see this kind of language come up that we are abiding in him, we're abiding in the vine and he's bearing fruit for us. And so what, what exactly does this mean? And so here's what I want to do today. I want to unpack three different stages of a growing relationship with God. And by the way, these three stages are not original with me. In fact, you'll you'll rarely hear me say anything original. So if you ever think that was impressive, I probably got it from somebody, right? This was original in the 500s AD, okay? And many people, in fact, there's entire church denominations that really follow this structure with their discipleship process. But there are three stages to a growing relationship with God. And I'm going to go over these because I have a feeling... That every single one of you, even those of you watching online, I have a feeling that every single one of you want to be like Lucy. Every time you see the Lord, you want to see him bigger. You want to have a growing relationship with the Lord. You want to go deeper in your faith. You want your spiritual life to, to improve and to expand. But how do you do that? I mean, how, how does one grow in their relationship with the Lord? How does one improve The relationship with God. How exactly can one go deeper in their faith? I mean, we talk about this. We use this language, God is in me, I am in him. But how do we actually do this? How do we grow deeper in our walk with God? Well, here's what I want you to hear today, okay? You listen? If if you forget everything else I say, here's the one thing I want you to hear. You can go deeper in your walk with God. You can. And today I'm going to tell you how, Okay? So who's ready for step number one, stage number one? You ready for stage number one? Okay, here it is. I call it the watering can stage. The guy from the 500s did not call it that. He called it purification or purgation, but that's a big word. So <laughs> I like these little analogies. So this is the, the watering can stage. This is when you begin practicing living a godly life. You are watering your faith and you are pulling out weeds, okay? Here's a definition from a book on spiritual direction. Purification is the process by which one's character is purified through confession of sin and a growing detachment from world values. In this stage of faith, it is exciting because you've originally become a Christian and you begin to grow in your faith. You're just watering your little garden of faith. You're beginning to see these, uh, I'm speaking metaphorically, of course. These plants, you're beginning to see your faith grow, and you're out there plucking weeds. And uh, you may have had this experience where your friends, and your peers, and people you work with, maybe your family, maybe your parents, are telling you, "Hey, it seems like there's a change in you. You seem to be different. You seem to be changing, and and, and you're learning more about God. You're learning more about theology and these these cool terms and aspects of a spiritual walk. You're beginning to learn more about the Bible. It's exciting. You're beginning to see your faith grow." When I first became a Christian, this was exactly my experience. It was as if I had started eating miracle Grow or something. I mean, just like instantly, I began to change. I I, uh, learned that, oh, I should be reading my Bible every day. So I got this, like, pamphlet. It was an actual physical pamphlet, okay? And I had, like, two chapters I had to read every day, and I I would read it every day, and then I would check the box, you know, you're you're just kind of checking through reading. Uh, Someone else told me I should have a prayer list. Don't just pray, but have a list. okay. How, what do you mean? <laughs> so they told me they had these three-by-five cards. So I got these three-by-five cards, and I wrote these prayer requests down. And in the morning, I would, I would do my check, you know, check, check off the reading, and then I'd get the cards, and I would pray through the cards. I also began to, uh, pull, to start pulling some, some, uh, some sinful habits, pulling some weeds out of my life. Uh, I, had some, I had some trashy, inappropriate uh, music that I was listening to, so I stopped listening to that. I had some, some habits in my life, uh, one of which was I played video games, like a lot as a teenager. And so like two hours a day of video games, it was just a complete waste of my time. It was completely unprofitable. It wasn't helping me at all, right? I need to lay off the Metal Gear Solid a little bit and, and leave Harvest Moon aside. And so so I, I began to just cut back on that. Eventually, I gave it up altogether. Nothing wrong with video games. But, but I, eventually, I just lost interest in that. So I began to, to, to just put off some of these practices. I began to put on some of these, these new practices I began to surround myself with godly influences, with more godly music, with, with godly reading, with uh, Christian friends and things like that. I, I was just watering and weeding my faith. This is the act of purification. This is the watering can stage of faith. And I began to grow, all right? Here's, a, here's just kind of a, a splattering of verses that just kind of describe this stage uh, of faith. So Colossians 3.8, it says to rid yourself of, you know, these sorts of things. Ephesians 4, put off the old self, which is corrupted and deceitful desires. Change your attitude. Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God. And he unpacks that in Ephesians 6. Uh, Psalm 1 talks about not walking in step with those who are sinners, but instead delighting yourself in the law of the Lord. It's just this this purification process of, of just day by day watering your faith and then pulling out the weeds. You got your watering can, you got your weeding gloves, and you're just, you're purifying your faith. This is the first stage of a working relationship with God watering and weeding it reminds me of this new workout strategy that I learned when I was in my early 20s so I did this internship one summer in between uh, two of my college years where I went to Indiana and it was this tiny little town it was like two stoplights I think Uh, there was hardly anybody else there my age so I do my work in the morning and then in the evening I was just bored out of my skull and so I decided to, I started going to the gym and doing weightlifting every single day. Unfortunately, I can't, don't have too much to show for it, but I, I went to the gym and I was working out every single day. And so I don't know where I heard this, but I heard the practice of ramping, okay? And the idea of weightlifting with ramping is that you start with a lightweight, okay, like a bench press. You start with a lightweight that you can do about, you can do several times, but you just do it six times, six reps. And then you add, you add five or 10 pounds, six more times. You add five or 10 pounds, you squeeze out six times. You add five or more five or ten pounds and you can maybe you can barely get out four and then you add a couple more pounds and then you can barely get out two and, and you just keep doing that until you go to what uh people that work out call failure that's when your muscle fails right and and so I started doing this this uh, this ramping I was doing bench press curls for the girls you know all that stuff and I eventually I got to the point where I was using the big plates right <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't walking in there my skinny self putting on these little ten pounders I was using the big ones the mamma jamma the 45 pounders on each side All right, and then eventually I could bench my own body weight. You know, I I began to I began to grow in my faith, and then something happened, or I should say something didn't happen. I hit a plateau, and every single day I was doing the same weight over and over again. Okay, so I I had this good strategy, I had this good rhythm of of adding this weight. I also had this this rhythm of of kind of weeding out some other things in my life. I had this uh, addiction to coke, Uh, sorry, like sodas and stuff in the South. We Down south, every soft drink is a Coke, right? Mountain Dew's a Coke, Pepsi, everything's a Coke. Okay, so sorry. But if you're if you're on Coke, that's, you know, we can help you with that too. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that didn't occur to me when I was practicing this. So yeah, I, so I just started. I just laid off of uh, of soft drinks or sodas. If you soda, I laid off of that. Um, I had this this protein powder, you know, one of those big plastic, it's kind of like a, a rite of passage, right? Every single 20-year-old guy, all the, all the guys on this row over here in the branch class, like all of you probably have this this can of, this plastic big can of protein powder, right? It's chalky, it's gross, but I think it's the law because everybody has one, right? Everybody in their 20s has, it's sitting on your fridge, right? Uh, those of you with young adult children, there's one sitting on your fridge, right? Why do we drink this stuff? But, but I was drinking and mixing that stuff up with bananas and peanut butter or whatever. I was... And, but I, I just I stopped growing. It was like I was going out to my garden. I was, I was watering, and the cherry tomatoes are the same size. The plants aren't growing. I'm plucking the same weeds. I'm confessing the same sins. Right? Why am I not growing in my faith? This is what happens after you've been in this first stage of watering and weeding. You begin to plateau, and you hit a point where you're not growing anymore, okay? Uh, here's, here's some things that I want you to hear. You can grow deeper in your walk with God. And here's where to start. I challenge you to start by, first off, just putting off some simple habits. This is the act of weeding. Begin to put off simple habits. If you have addictions or hang-ups in your life, if you're struggling with lust, if you have anger issues, maybe people have told you, you lose your temper easier. You, you need to work on your marriage. I've noticed some things. Maybe you've heard people say this. Begin to weed out these practices. Perhaps enlist the help of somebody else. Especially if you have an addiction. I mean, by, by definition, an addiction is something you can't fix yourself, right? So, so begin to weed out and work on these tendencies in your life. And then secondly, add some spiritual disciplines. Here, here's the three basic ones. Here are the three basic spiritual disciplines every Christian ought to practice. Reading your Bible on a daily basis, praying on a daily basis, and attending church on a weekly basis. Those are kind of the foundational basic disciplines. Just, just begin this act of purification. Putting on and then putting off, okay? And you will notice that you will start to grow in your faith. But eventually you may hit a point where something happens. Or I should say something doesn't happen. You plateau. Why am I not growing? I don't think I'm being fed at this church. You know, I don't know how many times I've heard that. I'm not being fed here. Usually what that means is they're, they're, someone has hit this stage where they're not growing in their faith. And it must be the preaching. And the church isn't meeting my needs. Like I've, I've heard these phrases oftentimes just because you've hit this, this stuck moment in your faith. And why am I not growing? I'm, I'm weeding. I'm pulling the same weeds. I'm watering the same plants. What's not happening here? It is time for you to move into stage number two. This is what I call the irrigation system. Okay, it's one thing, it's one thing to walk around with a watering can and weeding gloves. It's a whole other matter to install an irrigation system. It's just automatic. It's, it's like time work, time clock. It's just, it's just it's regular, it's consistent, it feels natural. It's, it's one thing to water. It's a whole other matter to have an irrigation system set in place. Um, again the guy from the 500s calls this illumination okay so you can use that word if you want but here's a definition of this illumination is a deepening experience of the love joy and peace of god along with a growing desire this is where habits become desires to surrender to the will of god you are moving past the state of godly living and you are now walking with the lord let me give an example of what I mean by this. So here's a satellite picture of the college I went to. I went to this small college in uh, Southern California. Everybody says, oh, you went to school in California. It must have been beautiful. No, it was quite ugly, actually. We were in the middle of the Mojave Desert. You would drive for miles and miles and see nothing but dust and Joshua trees. So here's a picture of on campus. On the left side of the screen, you see the only green grass that grows for miles out here, Okay? Uh, Lancaster, California, not Lancaster. That took me a while to get used to here. Alright, so so we have this green, beautiful grass, and just a few paces off to the side, this is where this is what the rest of the desert looks like on the right side of the screen. It's just dust. It was an odd feeling walking through this beautiful lawn, and then it's just it, it never rained in this desert area. Now, my my uh, college campus, we had we had a few different work crews. The two most prominent ones that had the most members on them were the Blue Crew and the Tan clan. I'm not making this up. I was a member of the Blue Crew. Blue crew, we had blue uniforms. We would go in late at night. We'd clean all the buildings, mop the floors, wipe the tables, those kind of things. Um, Terrible times. And then we also had the Tan Clan. Now, the Tan Clan, those are the cool kids. They wore the tan uniforms, and they took care of the grounds, the outdoor stuff, the painting, uh, and even the lawns. Now, as you can imagine, the Tan Clan, these were proud people too. The Tan Clan is not going to walk around with watering cans. They're not going to walk around setting up sprinklers. You know, you've done this with your yard. You set up your sprinkler because it's not, you know, a couple weeks ago, it wasn't raining for a while. You set your sprinkler up. Then you've got to get, you're you're getting sprayed, you're moving around. Tankland's not doing that. They had an elaborate irrigation system set up that watered all the the places they wanted grass to grow. They had an irrigation system set up. And it just naturally and automatically came on and watered the grass. It's one thing to water your plants one by one. It's a whole other thing to just have it irrigated. It becomes natural. It becomes automated. Listen to me. You can go deeper in your walk with God. You can. Let me explain how. If you want to move past the stage of purification, of just watering and and weeding, here's the next stage I encourage you to go to. It's the stage of illumination. It's, It's setting up an irrigation system for your walk with God. And here's two practices. This is not exhaustive. All right. There are monks in the Middle Ages that Like, devoted their life to living in monasteries and and writing about this. Read what they wrote. This is just the tip of the iceberg, okay? Here are two things, though, that I challenge you to begin practicing. The first is Christian meditation. By that, I mean, when you read your Bible on a daily basis, don't just read it, but read it and then pause and meditate on it and think about it and digest it and chew on it and eat this book. Begin to, to really meditate on the words that you're reading. You can also practice disciplines like silence. This is where you set a timer for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, whatever, and just sit in absolute silence and ask God, hey, God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to prompt me. I want you to convict me. I want you to challenge. Just just sit in silence and allow the Lord to speak to you. You'd be surprised at how long two minutes feels (laughs) the first time you practice the discipline of silence. You can also practice some of these rest pamphlets, some of these rhythms that we've been passing out, we'll be passing out more over the course of the summer. You can practice fasting. This is where where you give up a meal or perhaps uh, eating for an entire day or two. You you have this desire in your body to eat food, but you give that up because you want to train yourself to desire spiritual things. Okay, you can practice the daily office. I've, I've talked about the daily office before. I won't take time with that today. Come talk to me if you're not sure. What is the daily office? What does that mean? Come talk to me and I'll explain that. But practice Christian meditation. And what I mean by that is explicitly Christian meditation. Some of you were into mindfulness and breathing exercises and stretching and you know, keep your yoga and stuff. That's that's all good stuff. Keep doing your your, your breathing and then those kind of things. But I'm talking about explicitly Christian meditation. The second thing I challenge you to do is to practice unceasing prayer, okay? This is a practice where you're not just praying in the morning, but throughout the day. Okay, so so you can try this tomorrow morning. As you go into work, uh, as you enter the job site, before you start the next job site, before you start the next task, before you start the first meeting, just pause for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds, and pray. And ask for God's wisdom, ask for God's guidance, tell God, hey, I want to to feel your promptings and, 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 and catch your vision for how you want me to portray myself and portray you, you know, whatever, and pray before you do that. And as you leave that first meeting, as you leave that first task, that first job site, reflect, just take 60 seconds, reflect on what just happened. What were the feelings you experienced? What were the things you noticed? What are the things you need to follow up with? What is the Lord telling you and showing you about your character and how you handled yourself in that meeting or that, that job, whatever? And, and just throughout these in-between times, pray throughout the day. Practice unceasing prayer. And what you'll discover is every moment becomes a holy moment because you're inviting God to be right there with you as you do it. You are growing in your awareness of the presence of God with you. So here's two things I challenge you to try. And as you do that, you will move beyond just watering and weeding your faith. You'll begin to irrigate. You'll, you'll, begin to, you'll stop just living a godly life. And you'll begin walking with God. You'll begin to sense God's presence, sense God's leading, and hear God speak to you. Okay? This is good. But you'll encounter a problem. Let me show you a picture of what this problem looks like. So this is a picture of some fields in Kansas. There's an elaborate irrigation system that is set up here. Okay, as you can tell. Can you imagine a farmer hiring an army of people to walk around with watering cans? Like this, you just can't do that. You can't cover that much ground. And so this farmer has these elaborate irrigation systems set up. I don't know how many acres this is. I didn't measure it out or whatever. But this is several acres of property. And there's there's irrigation going on all over the place, right? But you notice what the problem is. It looks sloppy. It's choppy. There's all this ground that's being missed. All the corners, there's all this land that is being missed by the irrigation system. It's way better than a watering can. I can't even imagine watering this with watering cans. But it's still a little choppy. It's still a little sloppy. There's all these places that are being missed. You see, folks, purification is good. This is when you're watering your faith You're you're, you're weeding out sinful influences in your life. Purification is growing your faith by putting off and putting on. It's these put off and put on texts that you see in the New Testament. And purification is good. Illumination is better. There's there's nothing like, like setting up irrigation systems where you're walking with God. You're hearing from Him. You're following His promptings. You're abiding in God. And you're not just working for God. You're allowing Him to work through you. You're not just speaking on behalf of God, you're opening, you're you're asking God to speak through you, right? You're having this relationship, this walk with God throughout the day. Purification is watering and weeding. Illumination is when this becomes more natural and you're walking with God. But there's nothing, there's nothing like rain. This is stage three. Rain, it's one thing to water. It's another thing to irrigate, but there's nothing. There's nothing that waters so naturally, so effortlessly, so fully and abundantly as rain. This is what John says when he says, God is in me, and I am in God, and I'm abiding in the vine and just bearing fruit. This is union with God. Okay? Here's a definition Union with God involves complete interior surrender to the presence and will of God. Here's a few texts that describe this a little more. 2 Corinthians 3, he mentions being transformed into the image of God with ever-increasing glory. 2 Peter 1.4, he speaks of participating in the divine nature. Like, this is deep stuff that he's talking about. John 17, I have given them the glory that you gave me. The, the glory, the glory. I am in them, and you are in me. This is a deep stage of walking with the Lord, a union with God. And I wish that I could take time to unpack what, union, what, what true union with God looks like, but I can't, and here's why, because I know very little about this. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I know very little about this. This is the kind of relationship with God that takes years and years of faithfully pursuing God and walking with him and disciplining yourself to have a deep union with God. This takes years. Here's how others have described it. Here's, here's an analogy that was common in the Middle Ages in uh, various uh, monasteries. It was this analogy that if you were to take a drop of water and drop it into a glass of wine, instantly the two would mix and they would be indistinguishable from one another. You wouldn't be, oh, there's the water floating around. <laughs> no, no, the, the water is mixed. There's no distinguishing between where the water ends and where the wine begins because it's just completely mixed up in the mixture. And genuine union with God, people that get to this stage, it's, it's hard to tell the difference between their character and the character of God. It's hard to tell the difference between their will individually and God's will for them. It's hard to tell the difference between their desires and the desires of God because they are walking with Him in such an intimate way. This, is, it's like rain. It's like rain. It covers everything abundantly. And there's growth and there's fruit. It's so natural. I want, to take you back to, I want to take you back to Narnia for just a minute. Remember what I, what I read earlier about Lucy. She discovers Aslan. Aslan, you're bigger. No, you've, you've matured, and that's why I look bigger to you. you. You want God to be bigger, don't you? As you grow in your relationship with him, he will grow larger. Well, here's how the story continues. Let me just read this. Aslan speaks to Lucy and says now child I will wait here go and wake the others and tell them to follow if they will not then you at least must follow me alone so skipping ahead a little bit Lucy runs back to the camp where the other children are sleeping it's nighttime she wakes them up I've seen Aslan I've seen Aslan we have to follow she wakes them up one of the boys his name is Edmund here's Edmund in the movie he says Aslan said Edmund jumping up hooray where is he he's there. He's there. Don't you see? Said Lucy. He's he's right there beside one of the trees. Edmund stared hard for a while and he said, no, there's nothing there. Lucy, you've got dazzled and muzzled with the moonlight. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Edmund decides he's going to follow anyway. Even though he can't see the image of Aslan, he, he decides he will follow along with Lucy anyway. Let me continue reading. Halfway down the path, Edmund caught up with Lucy. Look, he says with excitement. Look, look at that shadow that's crawling down in front of us. That's his shadow, Lucy says. In a few minutes, they were at the bottom, and the roaring of water filled their ears. Treading delicately like a cat, Aslan stepped from stone to stone across the stream. In the middle, he stopped And bent down to drink. And as he raised his head, dripping from the water, he turned to face them again. And this time, Edmund saw him. You may feel like Edmund. Man, I'm following, I'm watering, I'm doing all this stuff. I just don't see him. He's not growing bigger. I want to encourage you, keep following that shadow. Continue in these spiritual disciplines and pursuing a union with God. And you'll see him. I read a recent survey done by the Barna Group that said this. Two-thirds of Christians are not happy with where they are spiritually. Is that you? I'm not happy. I want to grow. My faith is not growing. I don't feel like I'm going deeper. I want to go deeper, but it's it's not working. Is that you? You can go deeper in your relationship with God. You can grow deeper in your walk with God. And here's how. Start with watering and weeding. Put off the sinful habits of your life and begin religiously practicing these three foundational disciplines. Go to church every week. Read your Bible every day. Pray every single day. Be- begin with that. Eventually move past that and start practicing this idea of illumination. Here's two practices I'm encouraging you with. With Christian meditation. There's various disciplines. You know, We'll be passing these out to help explain how to do that. And unceasing prayer, praying throughout the day on the in-between times, start practicing that. And then next, if you get stuck, if you're plateauing, the next thing I challenge you to do is to, to meet with a pastor, meet with a spiritual director, and just uh, maybe meet with someone who can one-on-one mentor you in your faith. That's, sometimes that's what needs you need in order to take you a little deeper. There's someone I meet with regularly, my wife meets with somebody, so, so just pick somebody who can, who can walk with you and encourage you and challenge you and mentor you in some kind of way, or, or a peer that you can walk with together. By the way, I want to say one thing to those of you who, you're not a Christian, all right? You're, you're not a believer. You wouldn't, con- you, you know, you have respect for the Bible. Maybe you have respect for the words in red, right? The words of Jesus, the things he stood for, his character, his uh, integrity. You have respect for Jesus. Maybe you're watching online, but you would say, I, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an all-in, like, follower of Jesus. You know, I, I like some of the things he said, but I'm not a follower. You're probably watching, you're probably listening because you consider yourself a spiritual person. Maybe you would say, I'm a spiritual person, I'm just not religious. And so if that's you, here's, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this message has grown your curiosity. It's stirred your curiosity a little bit. You've probably heard all kinds of people say that all religions are the same. You know, all the religions teach basically the same thing. If you've been listening, then you know that's, this is not true, right? Uh, that what you've heard today cannot be replicated in a mosque or in a synagogue or or some kind of Jewish uh, house of worship and and, and vice versa. The things you would hear in a mosque or in a tabernacle, like these things can't be replicated here. The the religions do not all teach the same thing. And so hopefully this has stirred your curiosity. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to challenge you with this. I would love to, to buy you a drink. I'd love to sit down with you and I'd love to hear what your experience has been. You've probably explored other religions and attended other houses of worship. I'd love to hear what that's like and then I'd love to answer any questions you have about what it means to follow Jesus. So I hope that you'll take me up on that offer and begin to jump into this. All right. Well, as we close today, I wanna to pray for you. I'm also gonna invite the, the worship team uh, back out. I'm not sure if they're in the back or, or out here in front of me, but I'm gonna invite the worship team back up here. I'm gonna pray for you and then we're gonna close our service with the time of communion, okay? So while they come, let me, let me pray for you. Father, we recognize that you desperately want a relationship with us. I mean, so much that you've sent Jesus to die for us. You sent the Holy Spirit to live within us. Like, you want a relationship with us. And, Father, my, my friends here, they, they want a deeper relationship with you. Otherwise, they wouldn't have spent, you know, an hour, an hour and a half of their life, uh, of their day, coming to church today. They want you to become bigger. They want to be like Lucy and notice you growing larger as a part of their life every time they see you. So, Lord... I want to pray that you would spur them and that you would grow their faith as they begin practicing some of these disciplines that they talked about, that they would become more competent in their walk with you as they go through these various stages. Uh, Lord, I also have friends that are listening. Maybe they're listening to the podcast or online or in the room with me that are not believers. They have respect for the Bible, respect for Jesus. They haven't jumped all in with following Jesus yet. I pray that today would be the day that they say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explore the Christian faith a little, a little further and just see, what, just see what Christianity uniquely has to offer when it comes to seeking God. So I pray that you give them the courage and, and just the curiosity to explore that further. We pray this to you, Father, in the name of your son Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, well, thank you guys for joining me up here. So we're going to practice a time of communion. This is a practice that Jesus did with his first disciples where they would break bread together and drink wine together, and this pictured his broken body that was coming on the cross and then the blood that he shed in atonement for our sin uh, in, front of, in front of us, uh, in, in, throughout the room here, we have these different tables with, uh, with bread and then also with juice. So while the worship team is playing, you, you know they're going to play a whole song, so you can take a minute and just reflect and just pray, just sit in silence if you like. Eventually, just one by one, make your way up here, grab one, come back to your seat, and we will take this all together, okay? I'll leave it to you guys.